Hello and welcome to Are We There Yet? The podcast looking at the innovations emerging from the workshops, labs and secret test tracks at Hyundai. If you like your technology eye-opening, you're in the right place. In previous episodes, we've heard about flying cars and electric racing cars powered by technology used in the space shuttle. And now we're looking at how this technology is making its way into the vehicles we're all driving and into our lives. I'm Susie Perry, and this podcast comes to you from Hyundai Motor Europe. This edition is about being a visionary. We're going to try and reimagine what a car can be. Today we're with Andreas Christoph Hoffmann, Vice President, Marketing and Product at Hyundai Motor Europe. I'm so excited to talk to you about this topic. A man who is trying to get the world to see cars differently. Looking forward to your questions. Andreas, growing up, my dad had an MGB GT. And for me, it was so much more than a vehicle that went from A to B. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I've always had a love for cars that generate that extra special magic that make you feel a certain way. And I think when you have a special car, you feel special as a driver and driving becomes a sixth sense. How do you feel about driving cars? I think this is the most important thing Cars have to ignite me in a certain way. So I've always am very much into this certain kind of feeling which different cars provide. Yeah, the, the motor industry, it's full of extraordinary people, isn't it? With amazing ideas. People who can see that cars can be very different from how they are now. Is that part of the attraction for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe it never has been as interesting and challenging than these days. And I believe the potentials for even traditional companies or manufacturers to expand into different directions and areas are really huge. It means as well that you have to adapt as a company, be brave, and as well, in a certain way, willing to experiment, to invest into future technologies, for example. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? The technologies that are changing. You've worked with a lot of high-end brands in your career, Mercedes, BMW, Audi, Smart. You must have worked with some fascinating people. Do you feel as though within the car industry, the passion that you've seen along the way throughout the years of different designers, do you see that coming through with new designers? From the designer's point of view, uh, I couldn't see so much change in regards of their passion. But I can see that another generation as well here in marketing and in product development, another generation of people are coming up with slightly different enthusiasm in regards to cars. So these classical petrol heads are not existing so much anymore, but they, they, they bring other values to the, to the companies, which is very important. We always have to look into different industries because the automotive industry is uh, in certain parts uh, really uh, a little bit ancient, to be, to be honest. Yeah? So we know how to produce cars, to develop and produce cars with a high precision, with high quality. But if it comes to a future uh, direction to go, I think we can learn a lot of under, uh, other industry, especially consumer industry or other technology uh, oriented uh, industries, uh, what did they do differently and what can we probably adapt? So I think it's always very important to look into other industries to further enhance yourself. 
on on seeing cars differently because that's what we're talking about really today how do you get people to accept innovation and get them excited about new ideas yeah i think internally i don't have to ignite the people because they are hungry their willingness to explore is big most of them are under 30 to be honest <laughs> so they often ignite me to do things differently this is not the problem but i can see as well that this as i said before classical myth of cars is in a certain way vanishing and certainly as long as we can deliver customer benefit i think uh, people will be open to explore new things so the process has changed so much really hasn't it over the last three decades that you've been working in the automotive industry when you look at teams and those processes from when you started to now how have they changed for you i think it changed massively to to be honest uh, so from real paperwork uh, when i started many many years before to almost completely digital now even so i'm a little bit old school that means I like to scribble things uh, with my pen, for example. And I believe there are today more angles to look on the tasks to be fulfilled, more information available, much more speed. You have to adapt quickly, but as well some negative points, to, to be honest. Sometimes, especially if you are just talking about the classical car as a, as a product, a little bit less dedication to the product and to the detail and really talking about how, an, for example, exhaust pipe should look like. So it's very much financially dr driven as well. Uh, and sometimes the emotion, you, you really have to fight for, for having the emotion uh, realized. Yeah, okay. So what's at the core then of what you want to achieve with Hyundai? Yeah, first of all, to raise further awareness for this company in Europe. And my, my targets are to, to really create a crisp brand image and establish this, not necessarily becoming a loved brand, but a beloved brand with a certain purpose. So people should recognize if they hear or see a Hyundai that they have a, a, what kind of image they have in mind, what really makes the difference to other manufacturers, uh, is especially very important in this very crowded mainstream segment, you can imagine. It's a little bit different with premium segments. And um, yeah, of course, last but not least, I'd like to transfer our vision, which is progress for humanity. Okay, so you've worked a lot in the premium segment. So when you were working in the past, how did you look at Hyundai and how do you look at it now? Is it, is it differently? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. To be, to be honest, when I work for premium uh, manufacturers, they sometimes don't have the, the mainstream manufacturers on their uh, radar. Yeah. But uh, what, what really um, ignited me was that, uh, first of all, it's still a very young company, a little bit more than 50 years old. And this company uh, completely is in transition, I believe, a little bit, even a little bit faster than, than other companies. So we have already, in a certain way, transitioned from a uh, value for, for money brand to one that is renowned for being uh, innovative, uh, which, is, which is a great effort uh, during the last, last years, I have to say. And uh, as well, the improvement, for example, in quality perception, and customer satisfaction over the last decades uh, has been uh, enormously 
what, what really encouraged me to join this company uh, is, of course, that mainstream is much, you have to adapt much quicker. You have much tougher price positioning to defend and brand doesn't play such a big role. But yeah, it, it's, it's a totally different approach and a totally daily different work if you compare it premium in uh, comparison to what we are here at Hyundai today. Let's talk about you for a minute. I've heard that you're a bit of a motorbike fan. Yeah. What is it about two wheels that you like? Uh, of course, it's this certain kind of freedom. Yeah, to be so close into contact with the nature, even an, a convertible cannot give this feeling to you. Yeah, it's, it is a different feeling, isn't it? What was your first car that you owned? My first car was an Audi Coupe. Um, my mother uh, shared with me. It was the soft version of the very well-known Audi Quattro. But uh, of course, for me as a young uh, boy, it was uh, amazing to drive a car like this. Even so, it hasn't had a lot of horsepower. It looks good though. That's an amazing first car to have, isn't it? Absolutely. What about your favorite movie car? You're not allowed to have James Bond. Wouldn't wouldn't come into my mind, to be honest. <laughs> no, <there's, laughs> I believe it's it's really Steve McQueen and the Ford Mustang GT in Bullet, with the I believe the longest car chase. Yeah, I think he's just the right driver for this car. Still one of the greatest car chases of all time in San Francisco, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. What about your dream car? What would that be? Of course, it's Ionic Five. <laughs> but um, is the, the Porsche 911, to be honest. It's for me still this sports car. I'm, I'm completely not in Ferrari, to be honest. Never touched me, but Porsche 911 and the history, especially in how to transform this original concept into even today's surrounding really uh, makes me wonder. It's a timeless shape, actually, yes. isn't it? The fact that it still works now is, is pretty incredible and a, a great driving car. Um, your favourite sound that a car makes? Yeah, I'm split, to be honest. I drive an Ionic uh, at this stage and I love this relaxed driving atmosphere and the low sound really attracts me a lot. But on the other side, it's a V8 or V6 engine as well. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> The good thing with electric cars is that you can much more relax than with, with combustion-driven. And this is what I very much like. I like both. It depends very much on the purpose. Mm, two very different experiences, aren't yeah. they? And do you listen to music when you drive? Do you have a favorite track that you might listen to in the car? Not a favorite track, but um, to be honest, the good thing uh, driving a car, it's, it's the last resort. <laughs> for mankind, so to say. So I'm a big fan of hard and heavy rock music. So I listen to every kind of even heavy metal in my car. Um, it's very much depending on where I have to go and uh, what the final mood should be. <laughs> it seems like a juxtaposition for me in an Ionic, <laughs> but I like it. I like the way that we have this kind of silence and this hard rock music playing in the car. It's good. <laughs> yes. 
It's amazing, isn't it, how you can fall for a car. I used to watch a show called Dallas in the 70s, and one of the characters, Bobby Ewing, had a Mercedes SL. And ever since then, I've drooled over the car and the shape and the look, the nostalgia, I think, also plays a part for me because it just oozes class. How do you think design can change the way that people feel about cars? Yeah, reflecting it a little bit to our company, to Hyundai, the good thing is that the number one purchase decision is about design. And I believe design, even for the upcoming years, will be the differentiator because technology in a certain way customer will expect from a certain manufacturer or company but uh, design has made and will make the difference that the designers um, they are very much encouraged to look for new forms new proportions new surfaces so this field is uh, still to explore and especially the combination and to, to find a certain kind of direction. And we are still in this, in this phase of uh, looking for extremes to find our way, what the future design of Hyundai should look like, experimenting uh, which direction to go. And this, I think, is it's a great time, it's not only for the designers, but as well for us to find the right uh, customers at the end of the day for these kind of shapes. When you were growing up, you were inspired very much by by the Italian feel, weren't you, for a car? That's true. I had the chance with another company to work closely in the 80s, beginning of 90s with uh, Pininfarina in Italy. And of course, you can imagine, you see a lot of things, how they think, how this, this Italian style is, it's really amazing how they create and adapt things. And as you know, with the original Pony, we have had uh, Giugiaro as the original designer for this car. So we still feel in a certain way and we still adapt in a certain way this Italian. You can't describe it and, and you, you, you just can feel it, but it's, it's a difference. I, I loved very much to work with the Italian guys uh, because it, it was so easy. It was so natural. Yeah, they have it in their genes. I can't de de uh, describe it better. Yeah, I think, you know, Italy, they never skimp on food, fashion and cars and they celebrate them as well, don't they? I mean, you'd never see anybody go and key a Ferrari in Tuscany out of jealousy. They celebrate them. I, I recently drove a, a Lamborghini Aventador through Tuscany. And wow. Everybody was stopping to take photographs. It was just absolutely incredible to see the celebration. So, yeah, it, it, it's it, the, the, the passion from Italy is, is quite extraordinary. But there's a great passion at Hyundai, isn't there, in terms of future technology and bringing the right things to, to the consumer. How, how involved are you with that? Yeah, very much as well. Um, not only for Europe, but as well on a worldwide scale. Uh, we have a lot of market research. We, we uh, have a lot of clinics uh, with customers, with all the pros and cons of a clinic, because uh, if you show a car which might come within the upcoming two to three years, sometimes it's difficult for customers to digest how the future could look like. But I think the, the, the inspiration, this have you tried spirit from our founder more than 50 years ago is still valid today. And you can feel it wherever you uh, have contact with colleagues. The spirit is here. And if you look how this company has been developed during the last five to 10 years. 
it's amazing because the driving force always is progress and to do things better and to better adapt to the necessities of the future customers. And then at the end of the day, to keep it affordable. For example, to create a car around 100,000 Europe, it's, it's not as difficult as to provide the same technology for 50,000 euros. So this is the challenging part on the one side, but as well the satisfying part to get this really done. This podcast is all about the extraordinary ideas that are coming out of car workshops and changing our lives. And technology is really at the heart of it, being simple or a complex transition. So something we now take for granted, for example, is Bluetooth technology, allowing us to seamlessly link our lives from the house or office effortlessly into our cars. Remember when we couldn't talk on the phone in the car, for example. And I feel like this connectivity has been a huge step in integrating communication to the car and now of course it's ubiquitous jump on a couple of decades and the complexion of the automotive world has changed enormously let's talk egmp a hugely exciting concept for hyundai electric global modular platform which am i right andreas in thinking that this is the base platform for a new range of vehicles and it's quite an extraordinary looking thing just tell us a little bit about egmp yeah egmp for us it's um, really a human-centered approach and will bring us really in a new era of electrification so that's why we are uh, very, very happy to uh, introduce our uh, first car on this new platform. eGMP will revolutionize uh, customer experience in a certain way. This is our target, of course. And the basic configuration will realize a high level of convenience, comfort, innovative interior designs as well, uh, but as well performance and safety and driving range. So this platform gives us the possibilities for the upcoming, let's say, five to 10 years to think completely different in regards of how future mobility could look like. How do you see EGMP improving people's lives, Andreas? Today, the biggest reason preventing customers from purchasing EV cars, number one, range or range anxiety, and uh, maybe as well a lack of infrastructure, of charging infrastructure, and with eGMP, we are trying to solve by improving range and as well introducing fast charging possibilities. It will take all the, the hurdles of today's electromobility away. And uh, the technology, which is 400 and 800 volt technology, really gives now uh, the possibility. In parallel, of course, we are not taking care only about the product itself, but as well about uh, the, the charging network. Um, as you might have heard, we have a cooperation ready with Ionity for fast charging on the highways. And we, we will um, have our own Charge My Hyundai network established. And this will really give confidence to people that they don't have to worry anymore about their range and uh, how much time they have to calculate to get uh, their cars refilled. So this is the great thing about eGMP. And the other great thing is that you completely can rearrange and, and, and think differently about uh, interior. 
if we further look into uh, automized driving, for example, where you don't need to have a, a steering wheel anymore, everything has already been provided to create cars like this in the future. So this platform will have a, a long time period to be used for things we can't imagine today. But the platform, the technology is there. The space that you're able to create with EGMP, do you feel as though that's going to be a real game changer in the market? I believe so, uh, because I haven't seen from competitors what I've already seen uh, now within in our company and with the flat floor and the possibilities of how to balance weight, for example, how to create different lounge atmospheres or sporty driving atmospheres or how to rearrange seats, how to turn seats. That's something new. I haven't seen only in concept cars at this stage, but um, we are ready for it. And it seems as though with this, talking about the way that we see cars differently, your car will be able to become your portable office or even if you go camping, everything's going to be different because of V2L. Andreas, before to charge something in your car, you would use the cigarette lighter and you get a tiny bit of charge for your phone or, you know, it's always awkward. But V2L, that's going to completely change the way that we use the car in terms of charging, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So V2L vehicle to load transforms your car into a power station. Let's, let's say it like this. So you can plug in a lot of things you couldn't plug in before because you only had this 12 volt cigarette light. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and this, this puts the car into another dimension, into, into another possibilities for, for people uh, exploring nature, for example. Uh, or uh, having long trips, better prepared. And uh, the vehicle, even if you use it as an office, uh, will offer with vehicle to load a lot more possibilities than you can imagine today. Let's now talk about the Ionic, Andreas. Yes, um, Ionic is our new lineup brand, as we call it. And you know, Ionic is not a new name. We already have Ionic today, but now we put it into another perspective and uh, put it on a, another level. Uh, and uh, with uh, the first car, which is uh, called the Ionic 5, we will start to launch this uh, series. Um, Ionic 6 and Ionic 7 will follow different uh, styles, different concepts behind. So you have to stay curious. Uh, let's talk about the, the Ionic 5 that's just been launched. Um, how, how will it shape the future, do you think, for Hyundai? Yeah, it will, will be really a quantum leap in electromobility, especially if you are the, the mainstream segment, because there's no car which can uh, provide uh, range charging possibilities from the design point of view being very extraordinary. And Ionic 5 will be just the first. It will start with Ionic 5, which is a CUV. And then uh, the following year, we will have Ionic 6, which the public already has recognized as prophecy, concept prophecy. Then we will, two years later from now, we will have Ionic 7, which will be a big SUV, all on the same platform, all with very different shapes, all with very different usability and purposes. 
And this is the challenging thing on the one side, but it's the good thing that we have now a new platform which really brings electromobility, not only for us, but for the industry on another level, as well affordable for the, for the customer. Sometimes when I'm driving, I suddenly notice a feature which is absolutely essential, but I've never really thought about it. You know, like the rear view car mirror or an indicator. And you think that they're always there on cars. You can't imagine a car without them. But of course, these things are timeless innovations. And that's all a very long time ago now. But you can imagine in a few years time that people will say, yeah, well, of course, cars should have had solar roofs, for example. Absolutely. Solar roof, I believe, will be the new normal if, if you look into the upcoming five years. And we are happy to introduce it with uh, the first generation of eGMP, which is Ionic 5. It seems now as though when you're looking at a car, every single part of that car needs to be doing its own job. It's not just there for decoration. Is that the case? That, that, that's true. Even an, an antenna uh, which is hidden today uh, might have uh, additional functions. There's not so much room just for funny design features. So it all has its additional usage and task to fulfill, if we like it or not. But it is like this. And uh, especially under a quite huge cost pressure everybody has in, in this industry, Every detail has to fulfill certain needs and certain tasks. That's, that's true. And you mentioned earlier two of the biggest problems for people are the charging anxiety, which seems to be solved with the Ionic because you can charge in, in minutes, and also the, the network of charging, where you'll be able to charge your car. Do you feel as though those problems are now solved with the Ionic, or is there more to go? I believe there's more to, more to go, to be honest, because uh, we as manufacturer cannot uh, provide a very uh, strong um, charging network, for example. We, we will have our stake in, in it, but if we are looking into Europe as a whole, we see that we have very, very different levels of electrification from north to south. Very advanced, for example, in Norway or in the Netherlands, not as advanced, for example, in, in Sicily. So we will support uh, to further quickly develop uh, the network, but we can't do it our own, to be honest. So I believe that the, on a cooperation level, we can quickly ramp up, but I believe it's only uh, possible to get the problem solved if uh, corporations might come up and if uh, governments uh, invest uh, much more than they invest today. In this podcast, Andreas, we're asking, are we there yet? You're asking people to see their cars in a different way. Do you think that's happening? I think it's, it's just the beginning of, of a long, long travel. Of course, the car industry is more than 150 years old. Uh, but in comparison, what happened, for example, during the last two, three, four or five years, it's just the beginning, the, the beginning of a big, big adventure. And especially the car industry has to work on so many different topics uh, to become future proof that we are far away to have reached certain targets, to be honest. We are not yet there. 
Andreas Christoph Hoffman, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you and what a fascinating road you are traveling currently. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Susie. If you're interested in finding out more about the vision for mobility solutions at Hyundai, visit Hyundai.com. Next episode is going to make you smile, quite literally. We're going to be looking at cars which make us happier with colours, shapes and ideas that change our mood and our revolutionising car design. And don't forget to subscribe to the Are We There Yet podcast from your usual podcast provider. It means, of course, that you won't miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.